This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome to the Selfish Mom Academy, the podcast for moms who want to learn how to be a little more selfish and a lot more happy in all aspects of their life. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I can't wait to get started. Today, we're going to talk about why I put my kid in daycare and why I don't even feel a tiny bit guilty about it. Yes, it's true. I know moms are supposed to feel guilty about this, but I don't, and I'm going to tell you why. So stay tuned to hear about how this all transpired for me and how you can work on making choices for your family without any guilt that actually allow you to maximize other areas of your life and improve the quality of your family life. Okay, so let's dive in. This crazy thing happened long before I was pregnant, and it happened multiple times. So I would love to know if you've had this happen to you, because it's an interesting thing, and it definitely created some tension for me in this area. So I went to multiple entrepreneur events, and they were all fitness-related because that was my full career at the time, but this was before I was pregnant, and I would go to these events, and multiple men stood up on stage and they talked about how they had built the life of their dreams and they had all this financial freedom and financial independence because they had built this amazing profession. And that the great thing was that because they had built such kind of a financial empire that their wives didn't have to work. And this is the big thing. Their children never had to see the inside of a daycare center. And I heard multiple men say this. And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I want. I don't want my child to ever see the inside of a daycare center. They presented it as this status symbol. And to me, that meant true success. Like, you know, you've really made it as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. If you can get to a point where you don't have to put your kid in childcare, you can be home and raise your child 100% on your own or your partner can do that so that your child never has to quote unquote, see the inside of a daycare center. And so this hit me hard. I grew up, I went to daycare. My 
mom worked full time. I was raised by a single parent. Daycare was like not a bad thing for me. But as I heard these successful business people talk about it, it really started to kind of change my perspective on it. And I thought, oh, if I want to be a successful businesswoman, I need to do this in a way so that my child doesn't ever have to see the inside of a daycare. So after my son was born, and actually, even when I was pregnant, I started very strategically setting up my business in a way that I could work from home. And I did it. I did a really, I have to say, give myself a little pat on the back, but I worked really hard. And I was lucky, actually, that I had two years of infertility issues, which I'll definitely be talking about at some point on this podcast. But that gave me a lot of time to figure out and build up my business in a way that I could run it from home once my son was born. So my son is born, and we get into the nitty gritty of what I call newborn land. And you'll hear me talk about this, I'm sure, many times over the lifespan of this podcast. But newborn land was a special place in hell for me. And that's not to say there weren't some precious moments and some great snuggles, but it was a really, really tough time for me. So I'm in the middle of newborn land. My businesses are pretty much running on their own. There was some struggles and bumps along the way, but I pretty much was able to keep things afloat while I was at home with my son. And I very quickly realized this was not my dream. My dream was not to stay home with my child and work really minimal hours. I found that, you know, I had this ideal and super romantic vision of what being a work from home mom would be and a mostly stay at home mom would be. And it was like snuggles and giggles and long naps cuddling on the couch. And it was very sweet and precious. And the reality of it was so not any of that. I had a really challenging time. I had a lot of challenges with nursing. My son had challenges with weight gain because of my challenges with nursing. So it was really stressful. And I was trying to do work in the middle of that. I actually had to move my gym in Seattle when I was 38 weeks pregnant. So I had just moved the gym right before he was born. Like my water broke the day that I finished moving the gym. And so I had jumped from like, move the gym as fast as possible and then get the baby out as fast as possible. And now you're a mom. And it was really chaotic and very overwhelming. But I did have some systems in place and I had some people doing things for me at the gym. So I was able to just be at home and focus on my baby. And I really could kind of let the gym stuff go for a little bit. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 
100,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. And that was such a challenge. I thought that would be like the most peaceful, amazing thing ever to just not think about work and just focus on my baby. And that was so hard. And what I found over time was that I couldn't really focus on anything and I couldn't really take ownership in anything. And I really actually missed being around my members and around my clients. And I missed being a part of something that I felt was a piece of a bigger mission. And that was huge for me. Being involved in the mission of motherhood felt very small to me. And I really felt like I was failing pretty much like 75 times a day. I would identify moments of failure. And I knew that I was good at my work and I wasn't getting to do any of that stuff. And so I went from something where I had constant success to something where I had constant failure. And that was really hard. And I would just count down the minutes for my husband to get home at night. I remember he would call me and he'd be like, okay, I'm going to be home at, you know, 6.15. And At like 6.14, I'd be staring at the clock like, where is he? Where is he? And then 6.15 would come. And if he wasn't home by 6.16, I was on the phone like, where are you? You said 6.15. I need you now. And prior to having a child, I was like, sure, 6.15, whatever. Like, I didn't care if he came home at 6.15 or 8.15. So I just was really dying for adult companionship and just being a part of something bigger than my own teeny tiny world of newborn land. So I felt pulled in a lot of directions at this time because I knew I wasn't satisfied at home, but I didn't have the capacity to really do a whole lot with my work stuff because I had this baby who really, really needed me. And I had a lot of health issues going on with him not gaining weight. I had some of my own health issues going on that took up a lot of my time and my recovery from childbirth and nursing. So I felt like I was just losing all this potential that I had spent years building up was just very quickly going down the drain. And I felt overwhelmed and I felt not productive. I just was spinning my wheels and not accomplishing any of the things that really made me, me. And I was trying to establish this new normal 
but I wasn't really loving it. And I know what things feel like when I love them. I've done enough with my work life at this point. Like I know if I'm in something and it means something to me, there is a feeling in the pit of my stomach and there is like a palpitation in my heart and I can start talking about it and get goosebumps. And there is just this huge sense of passion when I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. And with motherhood, there was no happy pit in my stomach. There was no pitter patter in my heart. There was no like goosebumps because this was so amazing. It was all completely the opposite of that. And what I felt like, and what I found is that I was unable to help other people and I was unable to build my businesses and I was unable to grow professionally, which really impacted me personally. And I started feeling captive in newborn land and I started feeling captive in my own house. I was working from home as much as I possibly could, which wasn't very much, and then taking care of the baby. And so after four months, we hired a nanny. And I thought like, oh, freedom. That was a really challenging transition because my son just has really struggled with strangers forever. And especially in that first year and a half or so. So our nanny was so amazing. And we love her. She's still a part of our life. But she was at our house and she did a great job with him. But it was a lot of screaming every single day and a very long transition to get him, my son, to be comfortable with her. And I was in the house the whole time. So I could just hear the screaming constantly. And she was working as hard as she possibly could to get him satisfied. And we definitely came up with systems over time that worked really well. But a lot of my time that was focused on work was definitely somewhat disrupted. And my work felt inconsistent and unsteady because I was running between two floors in the house checking in on things and probably making things worse in the process, by the way. But the control freak in me needed to check in a lot. And I was still nursing. So I'd have to go upstairs and nurse. And so all this work time just felt very disjointed. And the line between work and mothering continued to be very blurry for me. There was no black and white about it. It was still like run downstairs and do some emails and then run upstairs and do some things. And I still was trying to do this multitasking, which I am just not made for. So I would do as much as I could in the morning. The nanny would leave in the afternoon. I would put my son down for his nap, try to do work during that time, then get him up. And so my day had just all these starts and stops to it. There was no like consistency never felt like a great sense of accomplishment. I got to start a lot of things, but I felt like I never finished anything. And it was an improvement to get to start new things, for sure. But still, not being able to finish things was challenging. So there was some glaring issues here. I learned I cannot multitask. Flip-flopping all day between mothering and working gets me nowhere. It's very challenging. I also learned that Working is a really big part of my self-image. My professional life means a lot to me. And it means a lot in terms of what I stand for as a woman and what I stand for. You know, being an entrepreneur is something that I never dreamt of being. But now that I'm in that, and it's a huge source of pride for me. Also, I learned that I need adult interaction and connection and validation. And the adult interaction and connection is very validating to me. I find that online. I find it when I'm in the gym with my members. Then I find it in my online communities. And that's essential to make me click. I do not find validation in sitting with a baby all day. There's plenty of people who do. And that's amazing. And I'm so glad that there are people who do because, I mean, like, God bless my nanny who felt a lot of validation staying with my son all day. That was her passion in life. And that's fantastic. I'm so glad that someone else can do that because my passion in life certainly is encompassed in motherhood, but it's also a lot more than that. And I couldn't make motherhood my primary passion. That is just, it's not me. And that's so shocking to me because 10 years ago, I would have been a stay-at-home mom in a heartbeat. 20 years ago, when I was in my 20s, that's what I thought I wanted to be. Like for sure, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom for at least a few years after I had kids. So it's interesting over time how this all evolves. 
So the last thing I learned was that I really need a sense of completion and a sense of accomplishment every single day. And it can't just be like, I did the laundry and I feel good about that. I can cross it off the list. Now, again, for some women, that gives them a great source of pride and a sense of accomplishment to do those tasks at home. And that's fantastic. Again, it's very important that we have people that can value those things. That's just not where my passion was. Again, I thought it would be my passion. I thought I would want to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom and make dinner every night for my husband. And these were the things I really envisioned loving up until the time my son was born. And then I realized this was not what I loved and it was not where my passion was. So I'm not saying that being a stay-at-home mom doesn't allow you know people and women a huge sense of pride or a huge sense of purpose. It's definitely something to be very proud of. And it's definitely work. Oh my gosh, it is such hard work. And it's work that comes without a lot of validation and sometimes without a lot of gratification. And so I think it's really important that we acknowledge the women who do that, because I think it's really challenging. I am so fortunate that I feel like I have created a place in the world where I can connect in the ways that I need to connect with people every day. And that really, really fills me up. And I'm so glad that there's other women who have a different skill set and a different sense of purpose in their life and a different sense of passion. And it really fills them up to be home with their kids doing craft projects. That's awesome. So it's a very interesting process. It's very interesting to see how this varies from one person to the next. And I think it's really important that you figure out over time, where's your passion? And it might not be what you think it was going to be. You know, I thought I would love being home and I didn't love it. There was challenges. Yes, there are challenges with staying at home and there's challenges with being working and there's challenges with being a working mom. So here's what we did. We put my son into daycare when he turned two and oh my gosh, it was such a rough transition. But what I learned in that process was that that was what I needed to really find my sense of purpose again. So it was great having the nanny and that definitely got the ball rolling for us. But what I found is that when I put my son into childcare, things really clicked for me on a much different level because I was able to create very definitive boundaries between work and mothering. And so I can take him to school, which is across the street from our house. I come home and I am in work mode and I am like work, 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 work until it's time to pick him up. And then I'm in mom mode. And not to say that those lines don't get blurry sometimes because they do. But for the most part, I can keep things pretty black and white, especially when it comes to work time. Like I often don't do laundry during my work hours because in my mind, this is work time and all I'm doing right now is work. I really need those definitive boundaries. That's very helpful for me. So childcare for us has been a huge godsend. It's been what is necessary to make me click and to make me live the life that I need to live right now. And that can change from year to year and from time to time, you know, and who knows what a couple of years from now, what things will look like. Cause like I said, 10 years ago, I think I would have had a very different perspective on this 10 years ago. I think I would have been much happier staying at home, but right now I know that there's things that I want to do and staying at home really felt like it was holding me back from those things. This episode is supported by Aqua true having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the environmental working group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out Aqua true Aqua true purifiers have a four stage reverse osmosis purification process and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, 
which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under-sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. So for me, childcare was the right answer. I also have a child who needed some socialization. He's pretty timid and definitely struggles in new environments that are uncomfortable. So it made a lot of sense to me to put him in social environments as soon as possible so that he could start connecting with other kids because I can tell from his personality that that might be a struggle for him, that the social stuff might be not his comfort zone. And that might be for like all of his life. And so I think it's important that he is early on learning how to connect with other kids and learning how to play and engage with other kids. There's other kids who don't necessarily need that early on, and that's fine too. But I felt like it was definitely the right choice for our family. So the challenges in all this have been really interesting. My, you know, I feel like in many ways I've created, finally, I've created the vision that I realized I wanted when my son was a newborn. Let's get him in childcare. I can work and I can build and create and do the things that I want to do. And he can be doing his thing and developing as a child. And then I can pick him up at the end of the day and we can still have that really quality family time. So the challenges in all of this is I'm supposed to feel guilty, right? I'm supposed to feel guilty because I put my kid in daycare. Because remember, all those guys up on stage were saying, I've really made it in life and my kids will never see the inside of a daycare center. Okay, here's the deal. I don't feel guilty at all. Not even a tiny bit. And I think I'm supposed to feel guilty 
And I kind of want to call BS on that. I don't feel guilty. I know that I am such a better mom for doing what I'm doing. And I also am so proud of the legacy that I'm building. And that's really significant to me. It's incredibly important that my son sees the work that I do in a certain way and that he holds that value of hard work and determination and building and creating and following dreams. That's really, really important to me. So I don't feel even one tiny bit guilty that I'm doing the things that I'm doing while he's in childcare or that I made the choice to put him in childcare. Another challenge is that my child struggles in childcare. It's not an easy thing for us. We have lots of regressions. Even this morning, drop-off was a nightmare. Childcare has been a huge challenge for us and it continues to be a challenge. You know, we're a year and a half into it and I still find that it is not his comfort zone. And that part is hard for me. I don't feel guilty about having him go into daycare, but I do feel bad for the challenges that he experiences in the transitions. And we work on that constantly. I think it's really important though, that we're consistent with those transitions. So we keep working on it. I'm not pulling him out of childcare just because it doesn't come easy. So we talk about it and we work on it every single day. Another challenge is that I still have a hard time balancing and juggling. I'm not going to lie. When I pick him up at the end of the day, I still get on my phone sometimes or my computer sometimes after pickup and try to wrap up just a few more things. I do have a hard time shutting things off. I do have a hard time shutting my mind off. That has been a constant battle for me my entire life. And when I have something hanging over my head, I have a very hard time focusing on something else. So sometimes it is hard for me to turn the work button off and just work within the mommy button and the mommy realm of my life. And lastly, I still don't feel like I juggle all of this like a superstar. So I feel like I've found the answer that's right for our family, for sure. Putting my kid in daycare is where he should be. I have no doubts about that. Me working almost full time, that's what I should be doing. I have no doubts about that but I don't feel like I've mastered any of it. So I can definitely tell you that no matter where you go with this kind of a decision, whether you work from home without childcare, whether you have a nanny, whether you have your child in daycare, all of it is challenging on some level and there's always going to be a bit of a juggle to it. And so one of the things I talked about a while ago in an interview was it's just juggle, 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 breathe. Like you're just constantly throwing stuff up there and seeing where it's all going to land. And then you take a deep breath, you pick it up, you put it back together again, and then it starts all over. Like there's no beginning or end to this process. And so that's one of the things that I've over time really learned to just kind of accept is that this is what it's going to be like. We're constantly going to be in flux. It's never going to be like, now we've arrived. We have a system that always works and it's perfect. And this is what I can expect Monday through Friday. It's never going to be like that. It's always going to be more like, what is today going to bring? How are we going to manage it? How are we going to make it the best possible? And how can we end it the best possible so that tomorrow when we get up and start it all over again, maybe it'll be a little bit better than the day before. So it's definitely nothing that I've perfected yet. So I hope that whatever path you choose with this, whether you're working from home or staying at home, not working and just working within the home or you have your child in full-time daycare, like I pretty much do. We're at like four days a week right now, so we're almost full-time. I hope that you have peace with your choice, and I would love to know what your path was. I would love it if you would leave a comment on the blog on theselfishmomacademy.com and just let me know what this path was like for you, because it's a challenging path, and I love hearing other mom stories about how you made it work. That's really inspirational to me, and it also helps us all to not feel so alone. Again, I was told I should feel guilty about sending my kid to childcare and I don't at all. So it would be really affirming to me if someone else could tell me that they don't feel guilty about it. That would really be validating to me. So I'd love to hear your stories. 
Also, if you have found this episode to be helpful to you, I would love it if you would leave us a review. Leaving reviews on iTunes is the biggest way that you can give me a little cheer for the work that I'm doing here. And also it helps me know that you want me to keep going. It helps me know what you love about the podcast. I also would love any feedback about suggestions with topics or interviews that you would love for me to do. So leaving a review on iTunes is the best thing that you could possibly do to help me out with this little mission of helping moms become a little more selfish in order to live a better life. So thank you so much for listening today. I can't wait to see your review on iTunes and I can't wait to get back and talk to you on the next episode of the Selfish Mom Academy. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.